welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm glad to be back with you live this week, uh, July 3rd, just so you know what day I'm talking about. And with a show um, which fits, befits July 3rd, in other words, the eve of the birthday of our country. And uh, happy birthday, America, but... <laughs> It really has saddened me over the years to see that this country is not, in a lot of ways, um, not quite what it used to be or not quite what the founding fathers anticipated that it would be. And um, over the years, I have, you know, I I started thinking, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, where when I heard on the radio about how in a particular town there was going to be no more welcome wagons, and I think a lot of towns have gone that way of no more welcome wagons, and I thought to myself, huh, you know, that's a step in the wrong direction. And since then, there have been many steps in the wrong direction, and um, we need to take back our country. We need to take back, and, and before you misconstrue what that means, <laughs> don't jump to any conclusions, um, we need to take back the... Um, the Americana, the idealism, the visions that our forefathers had, um, and not to have things like, um, well, no, the number one thing is how politically divisive our country has become. Not just where people sort of disagree. I mean, there's always politics is, is, is a, a part, disagreement is a part of politics. But this has been taken to outrageous, outrageous levels, which... Um, I have been noticing more and more because uh, I've been out of town, you know, from uh, oh, since since September when I first launched my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists. Oh my, how to protect your child in a time of terror? The first and only book about terrorism for kids. Um, I have been out of town a lot, um, launching it in New York for 9/11 in Washington D.C. at the at the National Press Club. Um, in January, I went to London to uh, because it won the London Book Festival. Then at BEA, the, the um, Book Expo in New York, and then I just came back from Paris uh, because it won the Paris Book Festival. So being out of the country um, and out of the state <laughs> so much, you know, it, it being involved in things where I wasn't really paying that much attention to the news. When I came back, especially this last time, it hit me just how outrageously divisive and aggressive, violent people are getting. Um, if, you belong, <laughs> if you believe in what one party says or the other party says, it's, it's, not, just, uh, it's not just, you know, sit-ins <laughs> or um, posters. It's really um, people are taking their life in their hands. And, um, and other things like Google News, you know, that I used to always go on Google News in the morning. That would be my first thing because I would find something that I felt strongly about and I would write something about it on Twitter and other social media. And I go to Google News now 
And it has changed. The format has changed. I don't know if you're aware of that, if you um, were a Google News fan. But um, the whole format on your page is different. And try changing it, right? Um, it, uh, it has been impossible to get the categories you want and the news you want. I mean, you, you just get lost in a morass. And um, it is all so anti-Trump. Whatever, whatever the story is about, it could be about something that, that you would think would have nothing to do with the president. Um, it, they twist it around so it is all anti-Trump. And it is just, um, even if you are anti-Trump, <laughs> I would think you would want more um, balanced news than what you get fed, or, you know, waking up in the morning, opening your, opening your eyes to how horrible our president is in all these different ways. And um, that, you know, somebody should really speak out about that and do something about that. And, um, well, you know, I will leave the rest of this discussion to my guest, uh, hear what he has to say about it. My guest is Joe Sixpack. That is what um, he calls himself. Obviously, that's not his born given name. Um, but he is, um, he is an author, um, and his book is soon to be published, and it is called Socialism Sucks. No, (laughs) I'm reading that wrong, but that's an interesting interpretation. Socialism sucks your money out of your pocket. So we'll be talking about that and more today on the eve of our country's birthday. So welcome to the show, Joe Sixpack. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Um... We were hearing some rustling uh, in the background, so could you stop doing whatever it was that you were uh, doing, yep, please? I'm good. Yep. Um, you got my full okay. attention. You what? I think you have my full attention. Well, good. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so um, did you hear what I was saying? Oh, absolutely. Every word. Couldn't okay, agree more. So, so, well, why don't you start by commenting on that? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, there, there are several factors, but I think that is certainly one of them. That's, it's amazing the level of vitriol in the political discourse these days. Um, you know, and, you know, I guess it, it kind of goes with the territory. Uh, the left always come at you with emotion and opinion and not with logic. And that makes it very difficult to have a discussion because you're trying to discuss, you know, uh, logically and calmly, and all they can do is get louder and louder. And so, you know, it's difficult to have a... I was, I was in an interview this morning on a liberal talk, so they kept on cutting me off, you know, just rude and... You, I'm sorry, you were where? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear that. You were at a what this morning? I had, a, I had an interview on a liberal um, talk radio program. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so that was, and, you know, and that's they were kind of how it went. And they were cutting yeah. you off. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. They would, you know, they just kind of cut me off. They, they just try to make their point, and you know, I, you know, I didn't get worked up about it. I just, you know, let it be, and you know, hope that the listenership kind of thought, you know, you know, how how rude, you know, to treat somebody like that. But you know, I don't mm-hmm. expect a whole lot from the other side. Um. Okay. So. Um. What are you what are you thinking about some of the why don't we talk about some of the current topics in the news that there are these um 
these, well, well, before that, actually, you know, what do you think about what I was saying about how the our forefathers didn't really uh, have this kind of thing in mind when they founded America? Oh, good Lord, no. I mean, look at the founding documents. I mean, they set up, you know, the Constitution is not the rule, it's not the rule book for the citizens. It's the rule book, it's to control our government, keep it from becoming Mm -hmm. the behemoth that it has. And, you know, it's all accelerated so much over the past 60 years. I mean, if Kennedy were alive today, he'd be considered a right-wing nut job. And so for me, the entire political spectrum has shifted left. The Republicans are what the Democrats used to be 60 years ago, and the Democrats are the social Democrats of America. So, well, okay. you know, so, the entire yeah, spectrum has shifted. So that, then that kind of gets into your, what your, your book, and why don't we talk about that, um, what, sure. your, what your feelings are about socialism and how, I mean, yes, it is um, scary, Actually, you know, um, I don't even remember her name because I've, I've purposely repressed it, but this woman who won, who wasn't expected to win, and uh, who oh, was the, running yeah. on a socialist uh, platform, and then, of course, we had Bernie, and, um, I mean, where, <laughs> what is happening to people? I mean, what is it put in the water these days? Where are people, everybody wants to be taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> yes, they do. That's that entitlement mentality. I mean, nowhere else in the world <clears throat> to have people have it as good as they do. I've lived in a lot of different places as well. And, uh, you know, I wish you could just take these little snowflakes and make them go live in Africa and Asia, different places, and make them survive for a year or two, and then bring them back and, and see, you know, how much entitlement they feel they're uh, entitled to. <laughs> well... But, um, you know, the whole thing with the, what you said, at least I'll give the woman up in New York and I'll give Bernie the fact that they sit up and stated outright that they are socialists. It's mm-hmm. the, the rest of the pack, Democrat or Republican, who are pretending that they're not. And, you know, that's, that's, those are the real, you I mean, take a look at Hillary, for goodness sakes, uh, you know, Obama. I mean, these people are all socialist slash communist ideologues and um, nobody called them out on it, not even you know, the other people up on the Hill, um, you know, and that's another thing that points, you know, it shows me there's not a whole lot of difference between Democrats and Republicans. There's we the people, 330 million of us, and there's a bunch of politicians, stuff, shirts, and uh, one erstwhile president, whoever that may be at the moment, and they think their collective intelligence is better than 330 million? Nah, I don't think that's really a recipe for success. Well, so, um, so what, what do you mean by the title of your book, Socialism Sucks Your Money Out of Your Pocket? I mean, yeah, obviously, well, the, the people who believe in socialism would say, yeah, it sucks the money out of the rich people's pocket and gives it to the poor people. Right. Yeah, well, and therein lies the rub. I mean, that's the way it's sold to people. Yeah, we're going to take these greedy corporations. Greedy corporations, okay. So these corporations that employ how many hundreds of thousands of people that come up with these cures for diseases at a cost of billions of dollars in testing and development, uh, those guys, those are, they're the guys you want to go after? Really? You want to bankrupt them? And the fact of the matter is, the other part of the canard to that story, robbed from the rich, give to the poor, the rich is not where the majority of wealth in this country lies. It lies in the middle class. So they're, they're fed a, you know, a canard. Yeah, we're going after the fat cats. Yeah, doesn't that sound good? Well, you know what? What it really means is, they're coming after you and me. They're coming after the guys in the middle. 
That's where the wealth is in this country, and that's what they want to... They don't want to kill the top part, because, you know, that leads to the crony capitalism, whereby the government is making money with the companies. But first, you've got to bankrupt the middle class. And, you know, that part of the story is never told. I go into that a little bit in my book. Um, and that's the idea with the title, is that, you know, you think, they're, you think that somebody else is paying for it. They're coming after you, Jack. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and, and the book goes through systematically. We, we took a look at, you know, every plank of socialism, well, within reason. You know, we take a look at uh, green technology. We take a look at um, health care. And, and the common thread is follow the money. We're not trying to, we're not trying to convince people. I'm not going to change another guy who's 45 years old, 50 years old to change his mind. We're the young people. We're trying to show them, look, if you follow the money, you think for yourself. Stop listening to the news. Stop listening to the college professors. Use your brains and the resource of the internet. Do your research. See what these people say and see if you can follow that money and find out who's benefiting. And then you'll be able to determine what the true motives are versus what bill of goods you're being sold. And that really is the ultimate target audience for this. I would love for parents to hand to their kids to read, you know, before they buy, you know, drink the Kool-Aid entirely. And they see, mm-hmm, maybe it's some of this there instead of all of the rainbows and unicorns I've been being spoon-fed about my entitlement. Well, so where, okay, but I, so where is the money? If you follow the money, where is it going? <laughs> well, let's just look at any career politician's uh, wealth expansion, and I think we can probably answer that in a very common-sense way. Um, the uh-huh. whole idea of Joe Sixpack is it's a non-academic, non-intellectual, common-sense approach to the political issues of the day. You know, Joe Sixpack is our everyman, common-sense guy. And so that's how it's presented. For example, with the green technology companies. You know, I mean, would have, would have, that was the biggest boondoggle in the history of the world. And these guys were pumping money. Their own, first, they put their money into it. They pumped in taxpayer money and pension funds and everything else. Like, uh, they got their money. These things collapsed, went bankrupt. You and me lost, well, not me, because I wouldn't have touched those as a 10-foot pole, but anybody who invested them lost all their money, and Al Hoare was laughing his way all the way to the bank. Now, who's um, laughing? Now, i sorry. Did I misspeak? I meant to say Al Gore. I, I couldn't hear you. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Al Gore, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that was, you know, and you don't, you don't have, I mean, I studied those companies. I looked at them. So I thought, wow, you know, there's something here. But they were not economically viable without all of the uh, subsidies they were being, having pumped into them. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's why I stayed clear. You know, first solar and cylinder and all these big, shiny objects. And it was just, it was just a boondoggle. Getting that whole green tech movement up and there not being any viability there. Not yet. 50 years from now, maybe, but not, not with today's technology. But you know, how they, you know how they operate, too. Create a crisis. Oh, the polar caps are going to be melted by 2000 and uh, whatever it was, 12 or something like that. Give me a break. They've increased. So it's just, you know it is. It's always create a crisis and then throw money at it. And by the way, they've always got an interest in the companies. They're getting the money thrown at them. So, so you, 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 you allude to Europe. You alluded to Europe earlier. You think you get the same things going on there? Um, well, I don't know about green. Are you talking about green technology? I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about crony capitalism when the government gets involved in private industry. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
Well, um, I mean, I'm not sure about that. I gather that your book has is very well researched in terms of explaining all these, you know, showing the lines of where these things go. Because, like you were saying about how um, people could go, you know, do the research on the internet. But as I was saying early on, uh, there are things on the you can't trust everything that you read on the internet. I was giving the example of Google News. Right. No, I, and I agree with that too. But again, this is where the the common sense uh, angle comes in. No, it's not rigorously researched. This is not an academic endeavor. This is trying to wake people up, trying to stir up their heads and tell them to use their common sense, point things out, and say, look, if you just look at this and think and don't listen to what you've been told, but use your brain that God gave you. You know, I, I, mean, I see the kids coming through the education system. They're not told, they're not taught how to think anymore. They're told what to think. You know, mm-hmm. they don't teach critical thinking because in the socialist model, you do not want thinking people. You mm-hmm. want robots. And mm-hmm. you, you've traveled to Europe, and I don't know how much time you spend there. I've lived there a fair chunk of my life. Yes, and I lived there. there. I, lived in, I lived in Belgium and in, in France and Paris and in London. Um, well, we'll talk and, more and, about that because I know you have this interesting castle theory, and uh, it, was, it was very... Um, very creative. I mean, very. Uh, I never really thought about it that way. And, and so, why don't we talk about it when we come back? My guest is Joe okay. Sixpack. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, so stay tuned for more. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
on the eve of July 4th, talking about some of the things that need fixing that uh, our forefathers didn't envision for the for America when they founded it, when they risked their lives to come across the ocean for freedom, and uh, and um, some of the things that they set up, some of the ideals, some of the Americana, some of the values are going down the tubes. And it makes me, for one, very sad, and I hope that um, if you're feeling, you know, if you're recognizing these things, first of all, also, um, that you will do something to try to stop the decline of some of these things, notably the divisiveness, the violence in the divisiveness. Um, I was talking about, uh, you know, our obsession with political correctness and all kinds of things like that. My guest is Joe Sixpack, and he um, has written about this theory, which really makes a lot of sense, and um, I will let you explain it, Joe. It's called the Castle castle Theory. Yeah, and that's something that just sort of evolved in my head over the, I don't even, I'm not even conscious of how much time, but over quite a bit of time, um, you know, just trying to think about what, you know, what accounts for the difference in the thinking and risk-taking of Europeans versus Americans. They tend to be much more risk-averse than we are, much more, much less willing to stick their neck out and take a chance. And, you know, after thinking about it for a while, not really consciously all the time, it it occurred to me that we are basically, we come from two, um, two different stocks. Back in the Middle Ages, you know, People lived in towns. The towns had walls around them, and there was a nobleman uh, who had a castle there. Now, the walls served as protection. Outside the walls were the highwaymen, thieves, the murderers, yada, yada. And the people lived inside the wall under the dubious protection of that nobleman. Um, You know, the, the protection was dubious because they could be overrun by another army, and that nobleman's you know, army would not be up to the task, so it was dubious at best, but, you know, it was. Well, then a certain number of those people in those walls decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to take everything I've got, leave this behind, we're just paying the tax man anyway for this dubious protection, and get passage over to this jungle across the ocean on a death ship, and if I survive the journey, the scurvy, the illness, the death, the dysentery, uh, what awaits me on the other side is carving my existence out of the wilderness, um, keeping the disease, the animals, the Indians, all at bay, protect your family, just for a shot at some time down the future, a better life. So they were the intrepid. They were the risk takers that, that made that bet. And <laughs> most of them died. Um, but the ones who did make it, that's some intrepid stock to be then passed down. And, you know, the ones who were too afraid to take that chance, they're the group that stayed behind. And when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, you know what? I said, hell, uh, Australia and New Zealand, they were prisons. And I was like, you know what? That, that kind of backs up my theory. Those are wild risk takers, too. And that's why the Australians are such fun people to party with. Uh-huh. So go ahead. <laughs> So anyway, I mean that was you know that's that's it's really basic, but I, I think it uh, it accounts I mean, for you're... why you have. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, but you're. I think you you 
from this castle theory, um, you're concluding from there, talking about why it is, presumably, that this is what, why it is that, um, well, why it is that we um, were, I mean, the people who came here were risk-takers, um, but, I mean, has, okay, so how do you explain then that what happened to us, <laughs> that now we became, we're sort of regressing or, well, I don't want to say, um, I mean, we're going back to this sense of needing um, yes. protection. We're, we're, we're huddling, gotcha. I mean, the, the idea of socialism, I mean, this, you know, it, I am assuming that this is all connected to all your thoughts and theories about socialism, that... Um, something happened from that changed us uh, from this these risk takers who went across to a land they didn't know anything about or hardly anything about and uh, leaving their safety behind. And now, what, how do you explain all these people who are huddling and, and asking to be taken care of and trying to go again behind these walls? Sure. Yeah, they're looking for the walls now. I mean, well, I mean, just real quickly before I delve into that. Let's take a cat. You have cats that's hungry, he's outside, he's fighting for himself. Bring him inside, have his generation grow up in your house, and hand-fed every day. You throw him back outside, and there'll be a quivering mess on the ground. Yeah. It's a little bit like what's happened here. You know, this country was founded, it was formed, it was rough, it fought wars, uh, it built up its industries, and became the most mighty nation on Earth. Well, the last major, the last existential threat that we have had to this country was World War II. We have not had an existential threat since that time. We've had some well, terrible until some wait a minute until until nine eleven. That was a horrible event. That was not existential for the country. There weren't people growing victory gardens. It was a terrible tragedy, a disgusting, horrible um, attack. But it was not an existential threat for the country. World War Two. Everybody in the country was growing their own vegetables. They were rations. Everybody felt it and felt it in a very real, everyday sense. We've had guys over in Afghanistan for 10 years. People don't even think about this hardly anymore. I mean, uh, that's, that's what I mean. It's not an existential threat. When everybody in this country feels the fear of, oh, my God, are the Japanese going to invade us? We better grow our own food. Um, that's an existential threat. Am I going to be here a year from now? And well, so we I haven't actually, had that kind of urgency. I actually disagree with you um, okay. about that because um, I think we are under a very powerful... I mean, yes, a lot of people are, at least a lot of the time, in denial about it. We're not growing our you know, food in our garden. At least most of us aren't. I mean, you know, thinking that we need to. Um, although there is a growing uh, number of people who are taking those kinds of precautions, but um, but it is there and it is mo- more existential than uh, World War II because that was primarily confined to Europe. Well, it was confined to Europe, but you go over to New York and you see the, the guns that they had up there on the Hudson uh, protecting the seaways. They were they, it was a real threat that they were you know coming over here. My point was only that. We've had basically that we've had in this country too good for too long, and at the same time, we've. That's not to say that I'm hoping in any way, shape, or form that we do receive an existential event. I'm just trying to account for people's, um, you know, lackadaisical attitude toward the issues. 
Um, uh-huh. But at the same time, you had the increase in bureaucracy of the government. The government took over schools. The government was never meant to regulate schools. They never meant to regulate banks or pharmaceutical companies. This were all state-level stuff. So the federal government has usurped power over the past 150 years that never belonged to it. And, um, and it never should have been. That was all, that was setting up competition. That's why they set it up the way they did. The states would make mm-hmm. it. National government should only be making decisions having to do with national security, monet, not monetary policy, I would argue, they shouldn't be doing. But, and, um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the basic issues of a functioning uh, economy and country, all of the other stuff, whether it's social issues or regulation of industry, uh, the school system, should all be at the state level. It, it used to be like that. And I think that's, that's part of the grand plan for the socialists. You know, you've got to get control. You've got to control yeah, everything. Well, and, that's, and that's part of uh, why there's so much uh, of a movement towards gun control. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> look back in history and see everywhere they tried doing it before. It never owns well. They, they recently did it down in Australia, by which I mean about 12, 14 years ago. People, people on, the, on the YouTube and, and punch in Australia gun control, you will see hundreds of videos of people talking to the camera, imploring saying, Americans, do not do it. Our, gun, our crime rate has gone up by 30, 40%. It was the worst thing we ever did. If you guys do this, you are stupid, you are crazy. And you can see hmm. tons of those videos. Yes, it's, uh, you know, I used to be more, because I'm a big anti-media violence person, and um, I used to be more for, uh, well, certainly like not for giving kids guns or even toy guns, but um, after having Obama in office, it like really became real that we could have a president uh, who would take more power than a president should be taking, and um, and how everybody does need to have access to guns? You know, um, I mean, I think we've we've been under we, we've been under a sort of uh, illusion of uh, of protection, or you know, that nothing. This is a perfect country, and nothing can go wrong. And while we're, we've been in our in our fantasies, things have been going wrong. Um, so, you said something before that I'm trying to, I wanted to get back to, but, oh, well, just to get back to the idea of, so why, okay, so you're saying that we've had it good, too good for too long, so how does that uh, and then evolve into more people wanting socialism? Well, because they, they, they don't, um, they don't have to think about the things that really matter. If they, if they, get, they can get, just get stuck on the government and get free stuff as they're being sold. Um, you know, after, after World War II, people came back here and they worked hard. You know, they wanted that house. They wanted right. that car. Now they're being right. given their cell phones. They've been given that. And what does it teach you when you get things for free? You know, oh, become dependent. I mean, that's the end game, obviously, right. is to, the system wants to get as many people dependent as possible. That's why... They, that's why um, they are allowing all this immigration to occur. That's why they're trying to get more and more people in debt and stuck hooked on getting uh, "quote unquote" free stuff. Because then, they're, what they're doing is they're creating a dependent class that will vote socialist for the rest of their lives, and that's that's where the battle is. And it's you know the human spirit um, it just gets suffocated in that environment. Yeah. There's no there's no pride. There's no you know things become meaningless. Yes. And that's, that's the end game. 
Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, You know, there was a movie, and I keep meaning to, I I need to, maybe you remember this. Uh, It wasn't that long ago. There was a movie where it showed uh, one of the scenes that is sort of um, uh, implanted in my brain is it shows people, families, uh, or individuals and individuals going around like in an amusement park, sitting on kind of, you know, those, um, those chairs that revolve, those like teacups? Yes, it was like a teacup. Yeah. Um, yep. A ride. And, the, and they had a television in front of them, and they had food, like, you know, endless supplies of food going into their teacup and the television right there. In other words, it was all that they needed in life was just a television and endless food. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I never and they saw got, that. And they were getting fatter and lazier by the minute. And, yes, I have to, I have to, um, I keep wanting to, I have to find that out um, because that is a very scary and ever more realistic look at where we are going. Like whoever wrote that was very, oh, yeah. um, was very prescient and very, you know, right on as far as uh, uh, where our society is going. And that goes along with the whole idea of socialism because it was somebody who was feeding them. You know, they weren't going out to work um, to, to do, to get all this stuff. And, um, it's just it's it's a very it's a very um, slippery slope that we are on. I mean, let's talk about. You started to mention yeah. about immigration, um, and I always every time I talk about immigration, I always preface it by saying that my family I came from immigrants. My grandparents came from Poland and Austria, um, and we all did. Um, what? Well, yes, we all, we all came from someplace in Europe, right? Yeah. Well, for the most part. Um, and, and Russia, Poland and Austria and Russia. And um, so, yes, you know, if, if we weren't allowed, if my grandparents weren't allowed to come into the country, I wouldn't be here today. However, times have changed, and um, the, the rest of the world or, or those countries in the world who there are more and more countries, places in the world that need asylum, so to speak, that are that are poor or that are violent and that, you know, going by the old criteria would have uh, a good reason to be allowed into the United States. But we can't allow everyone who isn't in the United States to keep flying into the United States, flooding it, just right. like is happening in Europe. Right. Europe's about 20 years ahead of us. <coughs> we, we took our page from the European playbook, which, by the way, that place is a mess. That's why I moved. I left there in 2010. And I had... I lived in this town, and it got so bad, I had to move to an area where I really didn't belong. I mean, you were heads of CEOs of major banks and so forth in this town, but because it was so horrible in that other town, it had evolved over uh, seven, eight years that we lived in it, and all of Europe's like that. And, you know, Mark Stein wrote a fantastic book called America Alone probably 15 years ago, and he, the, the, the main point of that book was that, you know what, you can shut the borders down today. But it's too late. The fix is in. They got the mm-hmm. money. So, and this has been going on for 15, 20 years, ever since the, drop, uh, the war in Yugoslavia. Um, but now much more out of the Middle East in the last 15 to 20 years. Um, and it is just inundated. They reproduce at a rate of 5, 6, 7, 8, whereas the you know, the, um, European model, or, sorry, average is probably 1.3%. 1.3, mm-hmm. I should say. Yes, so, that's a big you know, part of it. So, you know, the numbers, 
Yeah, and that's, and that's by design, you know. I mean, this is, this is a concerted effort that they are doing yes. in yes. Europe. They, they go yes. right up there with the idea of spreading their seed and taking over, and that's, that's the plan. Yes. Yes, and uh, that's the terrorist plan as well. Well, um, we do Absolutely. need to take another break now. My guest is Joe Sixpack. We're talking about uh, all the things that need to be fixed um, <laughs> on the eve of America's birthday. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest, Joe Sixpack, talking about uh, sort of doing, you know, when, when your birthday comes, whether you're a country or a person, <laughs> you know, it's time to take stock of where you have been and where you want to go. And so it's time for America to take stock of where it's been, where it was, where it was originally on its first birthday, and where it is now, and um, where things have kind of gone down the tubes, gone off the track um, from the kind of country that was envisioned by our forefathers. Um, well, let's talk about, you were talking about uh, living in different places in Europe, and we are talking about how, we were talking before your castle theory, about how, why... Um, People in Europe have a different kind of mentality than the people who originally came to the United States. But as I was saying, I think, 
I think there's some regression to, and not at all to say that, not to say that Europe is regressed in a way, because I love Paris. I, I lived there for three years. I lived in Belgium for three years. I lived in uh, London for almost one year. And I love these places. And that's why it makes me so sad to see some of the changes in these places since um, terrorists, basically, have been taking over. And, I, and, and since I lived in some of these places a while ago, um, I see the big changes. But let's hear about where you lived and what, you, what, what changes you saw. Sure. And I would, I, would, I would just tweak a little something of what you said and uh, said that the, the terrorists came in. The terrorists didn't come in. The terrorists were allowed in. The politicians well, yeah, yeah. allowed this to happen. This is a point that I always made with people over there. And I would tell, talk to people, not just common people as well. I'm talking about some heads of corporations, some very intelligent people. And I would look at them and say, well, uh, since you, they, they would point their anger at the, at the immigrants. And I'd say, wait, wait a minute. You voted for this politician. This politician let him in all these years. And now all of a sudden, now you're going to come after the fact and blame the guy? I said, hell, mm-hmm. if I was a guy and I was in that country, I'd probably do the same thing. You guys are up here handing away mama from heaven. Like, sign me up. But you're a politician, mm-hmm. did this. And now you're getting mad at the symptom, not at the cause. Right. The cause is your politician. And they would look at me like a deer in the headlights. Never mm-hmm. saw it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. So where are some of the places and, uh, you lived? I lived in uh, Denmark and Ireland and Switzerland. Uh-huh. You know, and they're, they're all beautiful places, you know, to visit. But I certainly wouldn't want to live there. You know, I got out, I left there because of A, because of the immigration thing, and B, because of the lack of independent thinking. And I could have stayed there and I could have been a very wealthy man today and my kids would have been these spoiled, rich little robots, not able to think for themselves. And I just, you know, when I got to a certain age, I said to myself, you want to stick around here and possibly have one of your daughters get gang raped by a bunch of Lebanese youths? And then, best case, they don't and they just wind up mindless robots? Or would you rather bring them back here? And let them see what you've been talking about all these years and, that, and learn how to think for themselves. And I have zero regrets that I, that I made that decision. My kids have come along so much better since we got back here. Well, I must say, um, when I was in Paris just like last week, uh, I was nostalgic. There is no city that I have seen, traveled to, not, I don't mean just lived in, but traveled to that is as beautiful as Paris. And you just get uplifted walking around the street or driving around. Uh, well, driving around these days is crazy. You're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, it's like barely missing an accident every minute. But, um, but you know, so it is so beautiful and all that. So, and I did have uh, a lot of nostalgia and thinking, oh, how can I move back here again? But, but um, then there were other things like around the Eiffel Tower, they are building... Um, it's well. It's all. It's in a state of construction, and it isn't really clear what they're building. There was supposed to be glass around the, the tower. They're building things to keep the terrorists out. Um, and so there's some. It's just a bunch of construction, and it's really kind of um, sad to see this change that is necessary, really. Um, but yeah. it's still sad to see all the changes that um, have been made because of of. Fear of of right of you know accurate <laughs> um, fear of what people are planning, what is afoot, and um, right. I went to um, a concert at the Badak Lan, the the theater that was uh, 
uh, attacked in November of 2015 and felt what it felt like to be in there. I mean, it was a wonderful concert, and um, I was, but I couldn't help thinking how, because it was so small and everyone was so squished in together, um, it was, it was, the terrorists were like, well, it was like shooting fish in a barrel um, because it, they didn't even have to aim. And, you know, all of that is just so sad. And, yes, the more, it is be, more Europe is being overrun by immigrants from countries and without, you know, any kind of checking as to whether, uh, who, what their background is, what their intentions are. Of course, it's hard to tell what somebody's intentions are, but um, they are just, it, it, I mean, it's, it's like ants. It's like, and, and all of the resources, all of the culture, but all of the financial resources I mean, like what you were saying, of course people are going to be attracted to countries that offer all kinds of aid. And it's just, now it's just like America, too. And, um, and, and as much as it sounds awful, and I hear myself talking, and I think, oh, God, you know, if I heard somebody talking like that, I think, oh, what, doesn't she have any compassion? Yes, I have compassion, and I think what we need to do is help people in their own countries. And, we do, and America does do a lot of that, but presumably we need to do more. And uh, rather than having people flock to um, to the countries that where there is are these social services and money and food and all that is just given out, rather than helping people learn how to you know get, what's that um, uh, if you give a man a fish he'll fish be he'll, he'll eat for a day if you teach him how to fish he'll eat forever right um, yep. and and we're, that's not happening. No, and, you know, where I saw that proof positive was in oh, 2002, then Danish Prime Minister uh, Fogh Rasmussen, um, we had all the, all the um, Middle Easterners flocking to Sweden and uh, Denmark. And then Mr. Rasmussen, the conservative PM, said, right, we're turning off the tap. We're not doing this anymore. And in response, Sweden basically made it easier. And so they got flooded to the point where when I used to live in Copenhagen, there was a little town called Malmö right across the water. It was this sleepy little boring town, a little boring, you know, uh, gallery, whatever, uh, museum. And I was reading in the newspapers back in 2006, and I was talking mid-80s at that point. Um, but I'm reading in 2006 in the newspaper over in Europe, and, man, there are sections of that city that are the police won't go into the Schools have the windows broken out. The buses won't go into because they'll come running out with rocks and bottles and attack. One Turkish guy died because he bled out because the ambulance was waiting to go in, but they were waiting on a police escort. And so mm. while they're waiting to go into this area with police escorts, they get to this guy. He, he, he dies. So, I mean, these places are dangerous hellholes. I had a personal experience when I was in Paris, right, before we moved back here in 2010. We had a bunch of youths around us, and my littlest girl was three years old at the time. I mean, that was some hairy stuff when you're sitting there and these guys been freaking sniffing gasoline or whatever they've been doing all day long and all of a sudden they're around you, you know, and you got your kids with you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not good. They're, I'm sorry, I'm, these, I'm with the Donald, man, they're animals. And yeah, some people are, and you just got to call a spade a spade sometimes, and, you know? Well, you know, have you seen the Unfortunately, people vid- who act like that. Have sorry? you seen the videos? There are videos on the Internet, I'm sure you've probably seen them, uh, in places like um, Italy and Greece, 
migrants just flooding the place and, and yes, acting totally uncivilized. Yeah. I remember I had a buddy who, uh, he worked in the banks. He was, uh, his mother was from Marseille. Well, she went back in 2006 or five. She used to go every two years back to Marseille from Switzerland. So one of my point is my friend was born in Switzerland. She would go back every two years and visit Marseille. When she came back in 2005 or 2006, and remember, he distinctly told me this because I always used to go off about the, the uh, import of the, of the Islam, that he thought I was over the edge and stuff. When his mother came back that year, she said to him, I will never go back to Marseille again. That is no longer my city. Yeah, it's so sad, yes. They've given it away. And these places have such wonderful cultures. and um, They did. <laughs> and it's just being trampled on, and I, it's, it's, I mean, somebody needs, it and of course, on. that's the point, they're allowing this to happen. Yes, yes, um, I mean, Germany, and of course, is one of the, I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, and it will get violence. Mm-hmm, yes, I mean, Germany is one of the worst examples of this, of course. And and uh, Merkel doesn't seem to th- still believe that she doesn't shouldn't stop. No, <laughs> delusional, it's incredible. Well, oh my! Well, we're oh, up to the end of our show. I would like to. Do, do we have a minute? I, there's just one thing I'd like to mention that really gave me. It uplifted my heart yesterday. There's okay. Yes, we can use some uplifting. Go ahead. Started just recently. It's a guy. It was started by a gay hairdresser in New York, and it's called Hashtag Walk Away. Yeah. And he just had the revelation that he's been being lied to by the socialists and the Democrats all this time. And all of a sudden, his Facebook page is being flooded with other people saying, you know, videoing their experience and how they've come to the realization that they're being lied to and they're walking away from the Dems. And well, I walk, couldn't believe it. I research it. Wait, walking away from what? Not buying the Kool-Aid anymore. So, you know what? You're not really looking out for my best interest. You crazy nut mm-hmm. jobs like Mad Max Waters and these people. You do mm-hmm. not represent mm-hmm. me. And some of these people are doing it with, with uh, MAGA hats on. Make America Great mm-hmm. Again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just them just understand. David Mamet had the same... Th- I read way back, 15 years well, ago, the playwright. He wrote an article saying exactly that. That he's no longer a brain-dead liberal. He felt like he was in a bubble. And that's what these people are saying. They felt like they were brainwashed. And now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I can see... Mm-hmm. So it was really, well, that, really well, uplifting to me. Uh-huh. Okay. Hashtag walk away. Um, and I want to give yes. out also your Facebook page, um, which is Real uh, Joe Sixpack. Real is one word, space, Joe, space, Sixpack, all one word on Facebook. Um, I also want to tell people going into July 4th that when you hear July 4th, you may be thinking barbecue, when terrorists hear July 4th, they're thinking media op. They're thinking this is a great time to attack because they're going to, it's a symbol, it's a, an important symbol for America and they're going to get a lot of bang for their buck. So, conclusion, have fun, but be careful. Uh, when you're, there, there, a terrorist was, was captured, a plot was foiled um, of a man who was planning to attack parades and uh, fireworks um, events. So be careful. Just keep your eye out. If you see something, say something. 
And thank you, Joe Sixpack, for joining me today on Dr. Carol's Couch. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 